Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show with Sean Carpenter in Rogers, Arkansas, Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Shea Brewer's on the sidelines tonight, not going to be able to join us. But guys, what is up? It's a Monday night. We had a late, late finish to the U.S. Open last night. Love primetime golf. We'll talk about it in just a minute, but we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, lots to talk about. So, Bill, let's just start with you. What's going on in, in St. Pete? No, nothing, nothing much. Prepping for a big trip down to Lee County. I think I have eight appointments already scheduled over a three-day period and more wow. on the way. So, yeah, I'm going to be really busy. Um, and so, just doing a lot of prep for that tonight while I'm uh, enjoying the Rays and the Yankees. We're all three salespeople on this call. Appointments, appointments, appointments. That's what it's all about, right? You can't, yep. you can't make anything else happen until you get face-to-face -face with somebody. Got to talk to them. Got to be talking to people. Good. And Todd, what's going on with you, man? Hey, Sean. Uh, Monday night. Uh, enjoyed the weekend of sports. Um, and uh, got a pretty busy week uh, ahead. Um, some things on the, on the table tomorrow and Thursday. Um, I got I got space to fill on on Wednesday, so still got a little work to do as far as scheduling. But um, hey, we'll see what happens. Off we go. Good. Well, let's get right into it, guys. We uh, we were all up late last night watching uh, a first-time major winner, Gary Woodland, uh, wins his first major. The U.S. Open played at Pebble Beach. Lots to talk about, uh, Bill. Let's just start with you. Kind of what was your overall impressions on the tournament itself, uh, and then we'll then we'll break down some of the individual stories. Yeah, I guess overall would just be the uh... You know, having 30 plus players finish under par at a U.S. Open is just foreign territory, right? right. And, and I, you know, I think um, I, I do like it when they struggle. I like it when a winning score is closer to four under instead of 13 under or something like that. And a few guys are under par. So that, that's kind of disappointing. But pebbles, pebble. And if the wind's not blowing um, or the rain's not coming down, it's, it's kind of defenseless against today's player, right? Uh, it's a whole different set of players than it was with. White or Kite and Watson and all those guys when they had their great you know runs at the Open so so that was I guess overall that's that was my uh, my my hope was it would be a little tougher yeah and but Bill let me ask you this did you ever feel like it was a birdie fest out there I mean it was you know I mean you know the low round of the tournament was sixty five six hundred multiple times <laughs> yeah multiple times but but no one really like you know uh, no one was making no, it was interesting because like I think Ustase in one day had seven birdies, six bogeys, and four right. bars, you know? Right. Um, well, I think, I think they, you know, if you look at the numbers, they, they tore up one through seven. <clears throat> we just knew, yeah. you knew that was going to happen, right? There's the only difficult hole in there is two, because it's a par five. They switched to a four, which the U USGA loves to do. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it, it just had a different feel. When the cut's plus two at a U.S. Open, that tells you everything you need to know. Sure. That cut's supposed to be plus Considering six Considering Kepka won last year yeah. at plus one, right? right? Yeah, usually it's plus six or plus seven. And I think the other thing that my overall kind of thought was, you know, I thought Fox has grown up. It's taken five years, but this was by far, uh, I didn't sit there and gripe and moan about the coverage uh, as much as I did the first four. So kudos to those guys for kind of getting it figured out and not having any disasters along the way rulings or crappy courses falling apart because of no water all that stuff so i think that was good um but but overall look it's pebble beach are you kidding me uh i've had a chance to play it multiple times and, and i've always said if somebody said to me hey bill tomorrow i've got a tea time can you get out here i'm on a red eye right now yeah <laughs> without a doubt oh my god yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. Todd, what about you as our, as our resident um, golf fan? 
you know, you don't play it as much as Bill and I do, but you got to watch it truly as a fan. What was your thoughts? So um, I get it. I get what you're saying about the scoring bill. Um, but I kind of agree with what Sean said, you know, minus 13 wins, minus 10 is second. Um, it, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't birdie fest. Um, I did notice watching all four days, one through seven were the gettable holes. Um, Pebble Beach, there's no other. Scenically, it was, it was fantastic. Um, the greens are really small. Um, you know, the seventh hole, par three, it was 98 yards one day, yeah. which I thought was awesome. fantastic, right? In, in the day and age of just these bombers, um, I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, overall, I was pleased with the tournament. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Fox coverage. Maybe I didn't notice it years past, but I think any uh, – any uh, fixing they needed to have, have needed to, to be done in the past couple of years at Bill, maybe you thought you didn't like. I, I think they've, they've honed it in pretty good. Um, the only thing, did you guys notice contact of the ball, the sound was off? Like, yes. That was the only thing that drove me crazy. Other than that, I thought the announcers were good. I thought the guy who was doing the interview, was it Tom Clatt, uh, Sean? Um, Joe Clatt. Yeah. Joel Clyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he did a good job. So no, I, I thought it was a great. I thought it was, it was a great weekend. Yeah, you know, I think when you when you follow on social media, I, I think it's almost just cliche to to rip on Fox. Um, you know, I, I think people just rip on it just to rip on it. I, I I thought the coverage was great. I thought the first of all the the video content was with the drones footage of the Stillwater Cove. You know that Bill. Have you played there, Bill? Four times. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I played there. I played there once. Um, that shot on six when they're showing behind the guys on the second shot. And you oh see my the, gosh. Uh, and then you know that little stretch there. Um, now when I played it, hole five was still off the coast. It, they they hadn't purchased the land yet. And I'm guessing the times you played it, it was. I played three times. Uh, I played it to the left, and then the last time I played, the number five was up. It's been a while since I played. Okay. But okay. I played the new number five one time. Okay. So you know just just. As scenic a course as you're ever going to see, you know, you come around that corner on three and that's the first time you can see the ocean. Um, and then really you see it for all the rest of the holes until 15 and 16. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't see it. And then you're back on, on 17. So you can you sort of say goodbye to it on 14. A uh, couple thoughts I had, obviously, you know, as benign of a hole as number one was that right rough on the right was just ungodly long. And it was causing a lot of the guys to, when they were even, even trying to advance the ball, safely they were pulling it in the left rough which made the second shot so much harder and then hole number two was just you know as you said it was a par five for the for the members general play um and it was that was a good a, a good hole but boy you look at like three every day justin rose just ripped the corner um with a driver now he's got to be very confident in his ball striking yeah but just the holes that stood out to me as just treacherous holes that you just can't imagine how hard they are. 14, mm. that par five, it dog legs, you know, 90 degrees right, and then you go straight uphill. Yep. I don't think TV really does any justice. And though you mention this every time we talk about the Masters, how just the camera cannot show the elevation. Right. And, on, you know, talk for a second on 14, how you're going, literally when you come around the corner, you are looking straight up a hill. Yep. And, then, and then when you get to the end of the hill, it's another like 40 yards up to the, not 40 yards, 40 feet up to the green. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, the, the, that green is so high up. And you played the same green I played all those times. Um, you know, there, there was no right pin. The nope. pin was always over the bunker. Now they've got a back right they can kind of use when they kind of leveled out a little bit. Uh, they still have that massive false front, which um, yeah. 
I mean, I remember the first time I played the caddy, I had a caddy the, the first time I played and he said, here you go. Um, he, I had like a 10 footer and he said, D don't aim at the hole. He's aim over here. He had me aim completely away from the hole. He said, hit it up to this point. I hit it to that point. It nearly went in. He just, there were so many weird breaks and turns and things. Yeah. Uh, but so 14 is a brutally difficult hole, but I'll tell you for, for my money, for the average golfer, uh, eight, nine, 10 are absolutely brutal because, you know, mm -hmm. eight, eight with that force carry, right? Um, one par on eight. First of all, eight, eight one par. Blind, <laughs> the blind tee shot. Blind tee shot, which is, which is totally uh, always blind. disconcerting. Yeah. yeah. There's an aiming rock. You know, hit it over that rock. Okay. Which they took out for the U.S. Open. I yeah, they take it out. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then 9 and 10, because 95% of golfers, you know, play a fade or a slice, uh, there's just no room for error on 9 and 10. They're brutal. And uh, 10 was ten, or 9 was playing, what, 525? Yeah, downhill the whole way, but still. Oh. Yeah, but 9 was playing actually longer than hole number 6, which was a par 5. Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 Hey, so, I, heard, um, I heard early on that pin high was not good. Uh, <laughs> that you want to aim short like short is i mean yeah you gotta be and short. yeah yeah and to me that that kind of i had to shake my head i'm like pin high I, not good right? i don't think there's one i don't think there's there um you know the one thing about the greens they are tiny but mm -hmm. every single green slopes from back to front there's no weird crazy running away from you you know even 15 i'm tempted, it's get a little it's a little crazy a little bit but all of them are receptive <laughs> Assuming, you know, that the USGA is not, you know, um, drying them out and trying to make them quicker. But, right. But it's, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I think 15 you know, and 16 slope back right to front left. Yeah. But they're uh, never, none of the, no, no crowns, no, none, nope. of, none of that stuff you see. No turtlebacks like at Pinehurst. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all very receptive, uh, but, but they're tiny. And you talk about number two, Sean. I mean, that's a par five green. So it's tiny it's really small yeah. and these guys are hitting you know four irons <laughs> three irons into you know um a, t a very small target so it's, it's yeah and really i think it's just a, a tournament that anyone could turn on and know kind of oh we're looking at pebble beach the 18th hole yeah. and you know the 17th the famous 17th um I, I had a question for you for the first time since they've been playing the opens there they completely blocked those houses on 18 with with skyboxes i've never mm -hmm. seen that before those houses always had the chance to throw a party in the backyard and kind of watch over the fence, yada, yada, yada. And my first thought to Cindy being an old ticket guy was, you know, they took care of those people that own those. Oh, houses. Yeah. They had hospitality. They're, they're obviously they're, they're wealthy enough to just buy whatever they want, but I guarantee you they were taken care of by, yeah. uh, by the USGA and Pebble for having their, you know, multi, you know, hundred million dollar views blocked by, yeah. by a tent. <laughs> wow. So let, let, let's talk about the players. Gary Woodland um, just, just played a great, great round. He's, he's a guy that's been in a lot of, um, a lot of uh, tournaments. He's a, a solid player. He's a long hitter. He's, he's kind of the same physique as a Brooks Kepka, very athletic uh, in nature. Um, he's a guy that, you know, obviously when we did our picks last week, I picked him uh, just because I like his game. Uh, just what was your thoughts on, on Gary Woodland's just – Look, he was still in the cauldron of, of the U.S. Open, having to sleep on the lead two nights on, on Friday night into Saturday and Saturday into Sunday. Um, but just I was really impressed by his demeanor and, and, his, and his ball striking. Go ahead, Todd. So, so, so many good things about this story, right? 35-year-old um, grinder veteran, right? 0-7 um, career, sleeping on a 54-hole lead. So now he's 1-8. He's what I really liked about it is he, he had to beat 
um, not of all time, Bill, but currently the best currently. player in the majors, right? He had to beat them. Um, they weren't in the same group, but he knew that, you know, Brooks was one or two groups ahead of him. Um, and he went, went toe to toe. Well, I didn't know a lot about this guy. Apparently he's an excellent athlete. Um, he was a college basketball player, mm-hmm. um, does not lack confidence. Um, his mom and dad were there. There's the, the famous story of his, his, his friend, um, Amy, I forget her last name in Phoenix. Um, that's all over social media. What a great, he called her afterwards. Um, uh, just if your guy didn't win, which my guys are, you know, Phil, Ricky, Bill, your tiger guy. Yeah. Um, I think Shawnee, like Justin, if your guys weren't going to win, I couldn't have been happier that, that this yeah. guy won. Right? right. So that's, that's my initial feeling. And gosh, he played great golf. The one chip he had was on 15 or 16. 12. 12. Well, okay. 17 then, he chipped uh, off the green. Yeah. 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 That was amazing. And then the putt on 18 was just great. I'm not, I don't need to four putt this. I'm just going to drain this 30 foot. <laughs> that's right? one of my favorite things in a sports setting, especially in golf. Um, you see it in football as well, but when they show like the, the wide shot and you see the fans mm-hmm. just vault up with their hands, either like on a field goal or a big catch. I love that, that they show up in 15 different angles of, of that putt going in. I, yeah. I was a part. I was a part of that. No eight at Tory. I was in that grandstand when Tiger sunk that twelve footer. So yeah, yeah. You're, it's just you're just waiting, and it, the whole place explodes. It's just yeah. Real, real quick, Sean. I'll throw it to Bill. Um, love the Justin fist pump after the chip on seventeen. <laughs> Did you see that? And yeah. that's what I love. I love about these guys. They're all fighting, scratching, clawing, trying to win a major. But he's just like, God, that was good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I also love, we've talked about this a million times, um, Cooch, uh, JT, who wasn't even in the tournament, and Spieth were all waiting to congratulate him. Um, Brooks gave him a big hug after. It's like for, you know, we're, we're going to fight for four days, and after it's over, you congratulate a major champion. I, I like that about golf. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, for me, uh, the, the thing that got me the most was what I heard today. Didn't know about it yesterday, but. Uh, in an interview, Woodland said that when he uh, when he woke up, in fact, when, as he went to bed Saturday night, his thought was, this is my time. I'm going to win this. I'm going to go out there and do what I got to do. And when he woke up, he felt the same way. He said he almost had a calm and a peace about it. He knew he was going to win. Uh, and I think that's that's just, well, ballsy for one, but the way you got to do it, you know, it's the way he had to be. And then he kept his composure. He, he was uh, in, in total control the whole way through. Even when he hit that horrible drive on 10, yeah, or 11, it was bad. Uh, it yeah. might have been, I'm sorry, 9 when he uh, hooked it left. Um, oh, took, yeah, his, yeah. took his bogey and moved on. And, uh, you know, just unbelievable. Billy, it's funny you say that. I did not hear that interview today. Obviously, traveling here to Arkansas. Yeah. But um, I talk in, in sales classes and to agents all the time and salespeople, you know, to earn trust, which is one of the biggest things we have in, in sales. And obviously to trust your game, there's three C's. And the first one is confidence. And it sounded to me like he went to bed confident and woke up yep. confident. Yep. Competence is the second C. And obviously he has the competence to, to, to execute the game. And he's a great ball striker and, and really hits the ball a long way. And, and the third C is consistency. And boy, those, those, over those last two and a half rounds, it, I mean, he was as him and Justin Rose were clearly two of the most consistent and, and then throw Brooks in there because if Brooks would have made any putts on, th- on Friday or Saturday, right. he probably would have run away with it. He just was on every lip of every hole. Um, I just loved, I loved Gary's demeanor, just walking, you know, he, he, he was smiling when he should have smiled. He, he fist pumped when he should have fist pumped, uh, but he never looked <laughs> flustered. He never looked, um, you know, disengaged. And, you know, I guess let me segue off that bill. Just have you ever seen a major 
I don't remember one where that many hole outs happened. No. Bun- bunkers, no. chip-ins, punts off the fringe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. And and the announcers referenced it too, Azinger yeah. and, and Buck. And uh, it was it was it was, you know, obviously testament to the short greens, the small greens that, you know, they can get it on there and roll it like a putt. But man, it was fun to watch. So when Bayo chipped in on eight and then Snedeker hit out of the bunker on the same hole, it was so cool. I don't I don't could. remember I don't remember um Pebble, like there were no um concerns about bumpy greens in the afternoon. You know, that Poana grows up and it, 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 it kind of uh, blossoms or whatever they call it and it kind of blooms and it creates these bumpy surfaces. That did not happen these four days. Yeah, the afternoon it, guys were not penalized. Was it the weather? Was it the weather? Might have been, might have been. By the marine, marine layer kept the sun, yeah, you know, when the sun the pops sun out, it gets windy and yeah. But it, let's it, talk they, about. They never really had sun the whole four days, right? It never got sunny for an extended was, period was, of time. Pretty cloudy the whole time, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple other players. Obviously, a uh, runner-up, Brooks Kepka. Um, you know, this this guy's now uh, gone second, first, second in the majors so far this year. Jeez. Um, just, Bill, let, let's start with you. I know you're not a fan of his, but no. I know you respect his game. <laughs> I do. No. He says no. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of him. I, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, <laughs> no, he's nope. got it. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with Tiger. It has everyone's all like, "Oh, it's your Tiger guy." No, it has everything to do with Brooks Kepka. Brooks has got kind of an attitude. Brooks has a little bit of a swagger. That's not more. It's, yeah, swagger. It's him and DJ. Game is big. Yeah. Look, when DJ and and Brooks are just walking down a fairway, I just look at them and go, "Whatever, dude." <laughs> there's just a there's just a arrogance and some whatever, bro. Weird. Whatever, bro. Yeah, bro, let's go. Bro. Let's go, let's go lift, bro. <laughs> Hey, you, what are you dipping? You got Skull or Copenhagen? Good. I'm using the, some of the packets. I, Haterade flowing, Sean. The Haterade. <laughs> I don't know. Tom, what was your impression of Brooks? It's kind of, just kind of a tool, but his game is amazing right now. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen. Um, I don't know if I knew Brooks personally. I don't, I don't know if he'd give me the time of day. He looks like that kind of guy. I know him personally um, enough to see his ass. So, I, I just think he's amazing focus, right? Him and DJ amaze me. Um, how focused they can be. And I know nothing about DJ. Part of me thinks that for whatever reason, um, the lights are on, but no one's home with DJ. He kind of has just that blank stare. And I know nothing about the guy. He may be a Rhodes Scholar. But with Brooks... He's, he's not. He's not. <laughs> with Brooks, it almost seems like just just channeled, icy focus. So I respect it out of him. Um, he did get pressured into kissing his girlfriend before the round i don't know if y'all saw that so maybe that's why he finished second i mean listen the guy is a major's beast in the last 10 majors right just a beast i saw this amazing stat it said like and i i don't know the numbers but uh in the last three u.s opens um brooks has beaten like 525 golfers and only lost to one or something something like that basically saying first first second is, is a pretty amazing uh run and uh he'll be good he i think he struggles a little in the british maybe but I expect him to be in the top 10. Great, great champion. Um, again, glad that that Woodland won. I was happy for him. Yeah, the British Open next next month on Royal Portrush, a, a course that has not been on the rotation. Uh, you know, it's really going to be hard to kind of handicap that one because it's all based on maybe who's playing good. And, um, it's in Northern Ireland, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, look at Graham McDowell had a fantastic week this this week, obviously coming back to, to the site of his, his only major. Um, let's hit a couple other players. Uh, Justin Rose, obviously one of my favorite players. Uh, players i just love his ball striking but he's such a good interview i, I love mm-hmm. at the end of the rounds he just is personable and honest and mm-hmm. you know 
know, you can tell every golfer on that tour likes him. And, and so when they play with him, they feel relaxed. I mean, him and Woodland are good friends. Um, he, you know, just, just, he played great. Bill? Yeah, I'll tell you that. I, I think I shared the story earlier, but the practice round at the PGA, uh, when a kid just wanted to get a flag signed on uh, number seven, that little par three, uh, or number eight, the little par three. And Justin or, had one of his handlers who was kind of walking around the green, walk over and grab the flag, brought it back over and had it signed on the green. That's awesome. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that, right? In fact, you know, uh, uh, he got in trouble. One of the marshals walked over and said, you can't do that. And Justin said, well, I'm sorry, I've already signed it. So, he, you know, so the guy brought it back to the kid. But uh, so he's, uh, yeah, he's just a nice guy. And so is Woodland for, as, for that matter. So yeah. talk about all nice guy, you know, final pairing. And that's, that's, those are stories I could never get enough of. Um, you know, Ricky, Jordan, all those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, th those guys give back in, in the wallet and with their time. And, and I mean, did you see Stenson? Um, I think it was Stenson. Hit someone in the head. And they were laid down, so he went and laid with them for like thirty seconds, like, or you know, just again, these these guys, uh, maybe, maybe, who knows? They they seem like they get back, which I like for sure. A couple of uh, backdoor T threes: uh, Xander Shoffley, uh, John Rahm, and Shea Reevy, uh, who you only saw one shot of. I loved Max Homa's. That was uh, a great tweet. Uh, yeah. Two Sun Devils, two Sun Devils, and a San Diego boy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, Xander Shoffley is going to be, you know, he, he's going to win one. I, I think you can see his, his yeah. skill and his talents. Um, Rose, obviously, uh, plus three on the last day. Just, just at the end there, he was just, just getting outgunned hey, by. Your boy, Oostazen, you called it. You called it last week. You said, look out for Louie. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Todd, Todd, yeah, Todd did call that. And um, Stenson kind of gets in there and uh, Cheshire Hadley. Uh, I love Cheshire Hadley. He's, he's Bojangles is on his, on his uh, collar. <laughs> right. Uh, Rory once again was close, but just uh, you know could not um, could not make it happen. Victor Hovland, how about him, the U.S. Amateur champion who won won the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach, um, going pro. I call him the Norwegian John Rom, like the happy John Rom. He's like, <laughs> he's like a real happy John Rom. Yeah. There's there a there's a tweet you guys have to find it. They said um, he's a stoner uh, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks like Rory, but his eyes are kind of half. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's good too. Yeah. Bill, you want to talk about Tiger? Tiger's U.S. Open. Yeah, I, you know, um, yeah, I just didn't have it. Um, wasn't there, and I, you know, I, it's weird seeing him wear that uh, KT tape, whatever they call it. You know, that's, that's what I was going to ask Bill. <laughs> that's a bad. Was he thing. having back and neck problems? Because well, I saw he, he didn't talk about. It. He just said, uh, "How do you feel?" He goes, "I just don't feel. I don't play. I don't like the cold." He just flat out said it. You know. And yeah. So, but still, um, moments of, of greatness every now and then. Yeah. He had hit a he shot. Couldn't get enough putts to fall. Yeah. Just couldn't make it happen. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad he finished strong. I'm glad he was able to come back, get under par, and shoot. Mm -hmm. Good back nine, right? Good back nine on Sunday. Yeah. And I hear, I hear the latest is he may not play before the British. Uh, he's taking some time off to go with the family and uh, the kids. And so we'll see what happens there. It doesn't bode well if he thinks he's got to take that time off. If he doesn't get a practice run before the British, that's going to be tough. He yeah. might need to physically, though, right? Yeah, and mentally, mentally, mentally too. Yeah. And Todd, your your horse, Phil Mickelson, uh, mm. once again, just just tried. I think everybody wanted to, to see him have some success, but he just he, he could not get that driver where it needed to be. It was a lot of rough, having to be very creative around the greens, and just couldn't couldn't. It seems like every time he made a birdie or went two birdies in a row, he would go bogey, bogey, or bogey double, um, mm. and just fall back out of it. So no, no one's gonna 
feel sorry for Phil. Uh, what a great career. Uh, what a personable guy. Even if you don't like him, he interacts with the fans. But it would have been great to see him complete the career Grand Slam. And, of course, uh, me, the eternal optimist, um, they're playing next year at a little place called Wingfoot where he had the collapse in 06. <laughs> what a better way than a 50-year-old Phil Mickelson to get redemption at Wingfoot and get the career Grand Slam. I'm already drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but boy, it's going to be a fun year thinking about like it. Virginia going from getting knocked out by UMBC to uh, winning. That would be that would be the greatest major victory yeah. of all time on his field. That would be that'd be pretty good. Uh, one more story I want to hit before we, we jump over to the NBA guys. Um, let's talk really quickly about um, the caddy player relationship with Jordan Spieth and Michael Greller. I think they've kind of become the the duo that everybody knows. Uh, you know, once again, um, when 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 the casual sports fan knows Michael Greller is the caddy for Jordan Speed. Clearly there's, there's some publicity there. Clearly there's some, some TV time and look, Fox did a great job of picking up some of the conversations on Friday where Jordan, uh, you know, hit into the ravine on eight and then overclubbed on, on, on eight, the same hole. And just kind of, I don't know if, I don't want to say blamed it on Michael, but certainly questioned the, the, I hit that perfect. You told me the wrong club. Uh, let's start with you, Bill. Just your thoughts on the exchange and, and where that relationship goes. I'm going to quote a much more famous Bill and, and, and just tell you, much ado about nothing uh, means nothing. The, the, those conversations go on all the time. Um, Fox just really mic'd it up in a way that no one's ever done it before. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Catch it occasionally when they're talking on the, on the tee box. But to have them talking, you know, be that close and have those mics that sensitive, I think it's. Uh, I think Greller's heard way worse from. And George is Jordan, such a vocal player. Oh, totally, yeah. he's always I mean, talking. That's part of his persona. It really is part of his persona. Is he? He talks and he's. He talks when he's happy. He talks when he's mad. He talks when he's frustrated. Yeah, they're uh, trying to. They're trying to make a story out of nothing. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree, Todd. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, his caddy Michael Greller is it, Sean? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He's famous uh, for the Jordan came out of the gate like crazy. And uh, he made over a million dollars one year catting for yeah. Jordan. And he quit his teaching job the year before to be Jordan's caddy. So I think that's one of the main reasons he's known just from that story. And Bill, you hit it on the head. And so did you, Sean. Jordan Speed is his own running commentary. <laughs> Everything we have in our head, he, he talks about. Yes. So I remember I first knew that I think like three, four years ago, there was a tournament where he had to go up and down with a sand save to win. And he hit the sand shot on 18. And he turned around and he goes, oh, there's a camera. I heard a click, right? And I was like, huh. So in the post interview, they say, hey, did the camera mess you up? And he immediately said, no, it had nothing to do with that. You know, it's a, I had a chip. I blew the chip. I think he is just a chatterbox. And um, yeah. A, he blows off steam. What you're not talking about is on the next hole, he hit a rake out of the bunker. And I do think, I do really think that's kind of uh, Michael's fault. You got to, you got to move those rakes around. Um, or, or George, Sean, George, Sean says, clear the whip a little higher. Yeah, George, George, you did a better shot. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. So, but yeah. Um, and Sean, not to wrap up uh, speed, but we've got to talk about Ricky. My man teased me so bad with a 66 and then followed it up with a 77. I mean, out, right? Terrible. Yeah. yeah. He, he needs to cut that mullet too. It just is not a good look. Yeah. Um, he's his own guy, right? Yeah, he is. He you is. Know? Sure. <laughs> sure. I always laugh. I'm going to have such ugly hair and still, you know, Cl closing, closing up the, uh, 
the Greller Jordan at the end of the round, they did ask Michael Greller. Some of the media asked Michael Greller once again, media talking to a caddy. Yeah. Um, but he, he said, "What what comments are you talking about?" What are you talking he said, "On oh, number eight. And he says, "I, I don't remember it." Like I, like it's funny how he's just either he does and he just knows he's the punching bag, right? Yeah. That's part of his job, right? Yep. As 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 most of the guys on tour are, and, and he um, paid handsomely. Yeah. Ten percent of Jordan Spieth's earnings is probably. Well, when you ten percent of winnings, ten percent of the wins, not yeah. not ten percent of a fourth place or a tenth place, then it drops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like five oh, percent, okay. like on a scale. But uh, okay, he's doing gotcha. just fine. I got it. I think there's some travel and stuff included and things like that. But yeah. all right, guys, let's talk about the National Basketball Association, or should we say the Which International part? Which Basketball part? <laughs> Association? Let's let's talk about the season that just finished last week. Uh, Toronto wins Game Six and claims their first. NBA title. The Larry I, did, I think I did call the series would end in six games. I want to just point just the wrong out. team, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I can't remember. Someone's got to find the tape and I've destroyed yeah. it. <laughs> so just, just overall thoughts on, on Toronto's first title, Golden State's, um, you can't really call it a collapse. They, they, they got a couple injuries at the wrong time. Uh, part of the game. Uh, they just had nobody else to go to. I mean, they were so star heavy and so top heavy that when one, let, let alone two, guys get injured um make, makes it tough especially when Kawhi is playing at the top of his game that he was um Todd, just your thoughts on Toronto's title and Golden State's loss yeah we, we we need to remind ourselves that Toronto is a really good team really good team well coached um good players uh Golden State you, you make the finals kind of like you know Kepka. <laughs> uh go back to golf you're not going to win every tournament you're not going to win every series um, nothing to be ashamed of. I think those injuries are huge. I think Durant uh, came back early, but I don't blame anyone coaching him. He wanted to come back, and now he's missing the entire 2020 season, um, going into a free agency year. And I think Clay um, tearing his ACL. Uh, those two things didn't lose the series for him, but they, they were they were punches in the gut, right? Draymond and, 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 and Steph are, are awesome, but with those other two guys behind them, they're even better. So, um, hey, tip your hat to Toronto. They won um, fair and square six games. They're our international champs, right? Yeah. Bill? Yeah, I, I think um, it's, it's – it's, oh. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy, to, and you two are going to just crucify me for it. But, yeah, a healthy Durant this series is a lot different. Um, you know, if nobody got hurt, if they, if they were both at full strength, I, I still say the Warriors would have handled the Raptors. Uh, Kawhi is a great player, <clears throat> um, but a lot of that, um, a lot of those threes that were open, and and trust, I was blown away by how um, Toronto had their own version of the Splash Brothers going on, right? Mm. With, with Lowry and uh, um, Green, who's like I said, a dog. I watched him in Phoenix stink up the joint, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so so they were. You know, when 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 they could have those uh, looks without the defensive Durant hanging around and Clay Thompson hanging around, it was tough. Uh, so you know, but I think um, I think you're seeing you're going to see the end of a dynasty with Golden State. Yeah, I think it's kind of over, and that's a great thing. And you know, the, 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 the segue that I'm sure you're going to head to, Sean, is what, what happens in the West now, now that there's some things happening. And, uh, and Golden State's going to be, you know, they're, they're, there's no way Golden State's in the finals next year, not without Clay and uh, <clears throat> not without Durant. Yeah. Yeah, not, nothing. I think, I think we can all pretty much agree Durant's gone. Uh, he's going to go somewhere else where he can be the man, whether that's the Nets or the Knicks 
Or is Clay going to return next year? Or is he yeah, out you know, Clay is – first of all, yeah, Clay coming back from an ACL um, probably won't play until 2020. Um, he'll play the end of next year. He, he might yeah. be able to play towards the, if, you know, the playoffs. But, but where he plays is, is a question because he is an unrestricted free agent as well. Yeah, they're going to sign Clay. I think he doesn't want to hey, go anywhere. He wants to finish his career with Curry. I keep hearing that. So okay. I think hey, real, he'll stick real quick, Real quick, don't feel bad for Clay, but think of how much money he's lost with the torn ACL and not getting the uh, NBA All-Star or All-Pro all <laughs> team. Well, he'll, like, he'll, get, he'll get a max contract from the, from the Warriors. Promise. You think? Promise. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I hope so Watch. for him. I mean, he's yeah. what a great player. You hope he gets yeah. it, right? Yeah. So I did ask Shea for some comments. He's, he's off. He's on assignment tonight. Um, but he talked about great team win for the Raptors. Uh, Golden State just fell apart. Injuries are never an excuse. But they literally didn't have any guys left. It's yeah. part of the game, yeah. yeah. Um, he goes on to say, um, draft on Thursday and the NBA will be news all summer long. Uh, loves the AD trade for the Lakers, which we're going to get to in just a second. Uh, especially because they're not finished. He really feels like the Lakers still have moves to make <clears throat> and obviously clearing out a, half their roster basically in that, in that draft, not, not literally half their roster, but a lot of players with obviously a lot of money in the trade. In the yeah. Trade. In the trade. Um, and I said, did the, I asked Shay, I said, did that trade and the possible losses of KD um, and, and clay from golden state make LA Lakers, the favorites in the West. Um, and he responded back quickly. Lakers, definitely the favorites. But, and you'll hear it here first on, on uh, the 17th of, of June, um, he says, don't count out teams like Denver, Dallas, Sacramento, and mm. Portland. Mm. Now, Dallas, you know, finished near the bottom, um, but they got Porzingis, and they've got um, – uh, who's the kid we saw, Bill? Um, Luka Doncic. Luka, Luka Doncic, you know, and obviously Cuban knows how to spend money. Yep. Um, and then he says he doesn't know if Lonzo and Zion will ever be a thing. Because uh, I said, you know, gosh, with Lonzo Ball going to the Pelicans as part of that trade, uh, and obviously the Zion Williamson probably guaranteed first pick, he says Drew Holiday is a great player and that there are reports that the Pelicans are trying to trade the number four pick to Washington for Brad Beal, former Gator, oh, um, Bradley, yeah. which would mean a guard overload New Orleans. Um, he, he says just, just there's going to be a lot of moves between now and, and training camp. So, you know, but that pick, that, that, that draft, uh, you know, or that trade – with Anthony Davis going from the Pelicans to Los Angeles, um, kind of the first puzzle piece that I think a lot of people expected. They just thought it might happen later in the year. Um, now the question is, does Kawhi stay in Toronto? Does Kawhi go out West? Does Kawhi join, you know, who does he possibly align with? Well, it won't be the Lakers. <clears throat> they don't have room for Kawhi. Yeah. Um, I think Kawhi stays. I think he stays. He could stay or he, I, the Clippers are another option. So, yeah. Yep. And once again, you look at your path to the finals to have a chance to win it. Um, who in the East is going to step up, you know? Well, uh, look at like Philly, <laughs> Milwaukee, and Boston. Well, yeah. let's, let's take They're Boston out of the mix because we, we well, don't care about Boston. Philly and Milwaukee put, are going to be tough. But let's put the Nets in there. If, if KD and, and Irving go to the Nets. Well, that's not next year. KD's, KD's gone next year. He's out. Yeah. yeah. He's Kevin out for Reed? 2020. Yeah, he's oh, out yeah. for 2020. He, he shredded his Achilles. Oh, is he out? Okay, he's out for the yeah. season. He's out the entire yeah. season next year, yeah. In fact, yeah. in fact, he might never be the same. I mean, um, he I, may never, you're exactly right, yeah. 30 so years he, ago, you tore your Achilles. You were absolutely done. There was no repair. So let me ask you a question. So he, <laughs> I, I've never been a contract. I don't follow the contract, like the way the draft Knicks do and things like that. But is he under contract with a team next year? He's with a free agent State. next year. After the next season, he's yeah. he becomes a free agent after next season. Gold State's got to pay him next year. 
So Golden State has to pay him. So he's getting paycheck. He's a free agent after 2021. He's a free agent or 2020. Okay. So so he is getting paycheck and he has somewhere to kind of uh, hang his hat, so to speak. He'll be he'll be okay. Yeah. Just whether yeah. he recovers or not is the question. And I and I think you know what? There's an outside there's an outside chance that maybe he stays at Golden State now because of the injury. Why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, who else is gonna? They're not gonna maybe. I don't. Who knows if they've got the room to make it work? So. Yeah. He probably gets max money at Golden State. Yeah. You'd think, right? Yep. Yep. Wow. yep. So gonna be interesting. Um, let's jump over to MLB really quick. What's what's been your spotlight, Bill? I know you're paying attention to your your Rays, and Todd, you're paying attention to the Bravos. Um, a lot of activity in Atlanta and Tampa Bay, kind of right there in the mix in the AL East. Yeah, it's awesome. either it's like it's like all or nothing you know, across baseball. It feels like there's a few divisions where you've got three teams in the running. I think Central every time, right? Cardinals, Brewers, uh, Cubs. But then you got the NL West, you know, or the the NL, the AL Central, where it's just like it feels like it's over. I mean, it, it feels it's bad when you got a double digit lead in you know early June, mid June. Yikes! Um, so there's going to be some fun to watch, but it's a few divisions are kind of just out, and those teams are not even looking at a wild card, right? I mean, so you've got you've got a lot of teams that are just going to be playing out the string, um, right? So, yeah. That's, Todd, what's going on in Bravo Land? Shoot. Uh, you mean the first place Braves? Um, <laughs> who's, behind him, who's behind him and how close? Uh, I think the Nationals are game and a half, maybe. Yeah. I can, I so can they're one of, those, one of those divisions where it's going to be fun. Yeah, sure. And they've, and they've won nine out of ten. Um, yeah, yeah, to get the there. The fun thing about this team is you have Acuna, Acuna you have Albies, um, obviously Austin Riley, who's just – he went through a nine-game slump, and he's still – like his stats are still unbelievable, <laughs> um, still raking home runs. But what's really cool is you have uh, the old man, Brian McCann, get his 1,000th RBI in a walk-off uh, base hit the other night. And, dude, the energy he has, you know, he's the old man surrounded by the young kids. Big old and, happy kind of rotund Brian McCann. Oh, yeah. You know what? He looks, he looks the same as he did as a rookie. He's always been that kind of – He's a big guy. Gillsbury Doughboy kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And what's really cool locally, which you don't get, uh, is Jeff Rancourt is um, doing the, the commentary. And they show, like, the, they have a, a camera on Frank Corr, even though he's a radio guy and a TV yeah. guy. But he gets so elated when he sees McCann do something good. They're like, you know, on Twitter will be like, watch Frank Corr just – he's just like, oh, my like, – but he's, he's not speaking that way, but his body language is awesome. Who's, who's, the brace pitcher, who's the brace pitcher that Letterman called a fat tub of goo back in the 80s? You know what I'm um, talking about. Al, Al, um, Al, Al. No, no, not Al. It's like a terrier or something like that. Fat we'll look it up. Fat tub of goo. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> That's the best line ever. Uh, I love it. He was a pitcher so, for the Braves. I'll find it. Go ahead. Dallas, uh, Dallas, is it Kuchel? Uh, I can't Keichel. pronounce it. Keichel. Keichel. Yeah. He's going to get to start on Friday versus oh, the Nationals. So good. there's a three game set in Washington. Um, he's coming on. So anyway, very fun team to watch. I went on too long. They're up eight, three bases loaded, bottom of seventh point out. They're going to try to add uh, on. The, uh, fat, tub, fat tub of goo is Terry Forster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Terry Fat, I used to call him, we used to call him Terry Fat Forster. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. Him and Claudel Washington, Rafael Ramirez. Hey, one, more, one, more, one more baseball note. See Charlie Blackman's run against the Padres? They play, they, they play a four-game series. Charlie Blackman had 15 hits. Wow. And, and had a shot for his fourth straight four-hit game, but couldn't do it. He popped him up at the end, at the end of game four. Oh. Oh, yeah, set a record, uh, obviously. 14, I'm sorry, 15 hits in a four-game series. That's impressive. That's awesome. Um, 
with, with Fox coverage of golf, obviously they were hyping the all-star game and it's going to be in Cleveland. And, mm-hmm. you know, Bill, this, one of those things I remember the last time I was in Cleveland when the Jake first opened up and I remember it was a, you know, uh, that was when Sandy Alomar and Roberto Alomar uh, were stars of that game. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, wait, has it already been through all, granted it hasn't been through all the other cities, but it just, Pretty close, and it's pretty close. Yeah, they don't. Some, some. It's been a while for some towns, but uh, Atlanta, uh, SunTrust Park, Atlanta's getting it either in twenty-one or twenty-two. Hmm. Uh, they cool. just announced that. So, very cool. So, Todd, let's hit on some women's World Cup. Why not? So, yeah, uh, put a clock on me. I got forty-five minutes. You in. got one minute. It's nine fifty-nine. <laughs> Go ahead. So, hey, it's on Fox. Um, just, just, just tune in. Um, it, it's fun to watch USA number one team. Um, they're facing Sweden, the number nine team internationally ranked on Thursday. Uh, group play is wrapping up. Um, USA ties or wins, and they win the group. So a little controversy, Sean. I don't know if you're keeping up. Uh, USA beat Thailand 13 and nothing, um, which goal differential is, is a, a tiebreaker. And let's face it, um, it's your job to stop uh, your opponent but the USA women got a little flack, and Bill, you can you can attest. Uh, yeah, Spurrier, Spurrier, thought was, Spurrier thought it was running up the score. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't the running up the score that people. It's the just celebrations. I mean, they're scoring goals 10, 11, 12, acting like they, they they're hoisting the cup. Um, some of the veterans got a little carried away. Um, hey, listen, all fa- all's fair in love in soccer, but uh, part of me when you're up against a Thailand team that's really super inferior, maybe act like you've been there. Um, some of the first the newcomers that have scored their first ever international goal celebrate, but some of the veterans were, were a little excited, but anyway, go USA. Um, we're all, we're all grownups. We can handle it. Right, Bill? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I agree. It just goals, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe a little excessive <laughs> on the celebration. That's okay. maybe, maybe just a fist pump and maybe just a kind of like, Hey, Hey, a couple high fives. And, <laughs> I was sliding into the corner and pulling shirt off. And oh, act, they, they, were doing chore- they were doing choreographed dances, Sean. It was exactly. really oh, yeah. tacky. It was a little tacky. Hey, so. uh, uh, breaking news here as we, uh, you know, wrap things up shortly, Sean, yep. on a Monday night, Anderson, <laughs> Anderson, Cooper, mom died. Mom yeah. passed away. You know, that is Sean. No. Gloria so Vanderbilt. Gloria Vanderbilt passed away tonight. 95, right? Yep, 95 wow. years old. And that's Anderson yeah. Cooper's mother. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sean's like, wait, wait yeah, to bring us down on a, on that's, a sad note. That's, yeah. that's way beyond anything I ever watch because yeah. Vanderbilt be plays tomorrow game. in the College World Series. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you, way to bring it back, Sean. Way yes. to bring it back. Anchor down. All right, well, guys, well, let's, uh, I don't think there's anything happening in the tennis world and uh, golf. We got a couple of down weeks. You know, obviously they go to Hartford for a, a true birdie, birdie fest. Uh, always a fun tournament to watch, but yeah. um, we'll keep our eyes on that. And then obviously baseball is going to take center stage along with the NBA draft and a lot of the uh, hot stove league in the, uh, in the NBA. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, quickly, Todd, what's going on with your week ahead? Uh, again, good week ahead tomorrow and Thursday, uh, bringing in some customers, doing some, some training, um, which is always good. Uh, need to fill up my Wednesday and Friday. So, uh, got some, got some spaces to fill, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes, uh, when you have some, some holes in your schedule, uh, it's an opportunity to make things happen or allow things to come up and, and fill it in. So, um, Looking forward to the week. Uh, my birthday's Wednesday, boys. Hey. So, yeah, yeah. How old? So look How old? At, I'm going to be 49, Bill. Ooh. It's my San Francisco birthday. 
Todd so. and Phil. <laughs> That's it. And hence one of the reasons I like Phil. I feel like, you know, we're kindred spirits. Gotcha. So. And did you wear your did you wear your, your shirt yesterday on Father's Day? Uh Sean was awesome enough, Bill. I don't know if I shared this with you, but uh and by the way, um this guy walks the walk, talks the talk, and it's gonna tie into what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say Father's Day was yesterday, and we always choose holidays to reach out to people. And I'm challenging anyone to, who's listening to reach out to someone, uh, friend, foe, customer, on just a random day because you never know when someone needs to be picked up. Sean sent me a Grateful Dad t-shirt instead of, you know, a little play on Grateful Dad, nice. um, which, which I love. Um, worn it twice already. Worn it yesterday. Um, so appreciate that, Sean. And, uh, yeah, so just, again, reach out to uh, – no one knows better than Sean with his note cards and emails, texts, and, and random t-shirts. So. Appreciate it, Sean. No problem, brother. Happy hey, birthday, Todd, man. Todd, let me ask you a quick question. What's your, uh, for you, when your guys come into town, customers to get trained, yep. what do you, what's your attire like that day? What do you wear when you're out in the field? So normally. Um, Indoors uh, and hardware. I'm just curious. So the guys on the, what do I wear? I manufactured up. I'll wear, um, you know, some, some khaki pants and either a golf shirt or a button down shirt. Okay. Um, and some construction type shoes not don't wear penny loafers it's, it's not a good good idea <laughs> but th that said the guys on the job site certainly distributors are i mean come as you are let's just say that <laughs> so, <laughs> you're you're like dressed up is what you're trying to tell me sure sure yeah, yeah but i think that's that's good i think it's good but yeah. literally i 90% of the guys I call on distributors are in shorts and 100% of the guys I call on on the job site are in blue jeans and and you know, white feeders, right? They're, they're working. They're who, working hard. Who does the tire? Who does the tire? Yeah. And God bless them. They're working hard. Like, yeah, we need okay. those guys. So anyway, what's next? Oh, me. That's all right. I got. Yeah, Bill. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, I know you wake up. Call it what? Four forty-five. Yeah, I got a. I got an early run down to Lee County for a, a class. I'm, I, I'm I'm terrified about traffic and an accident on the seventy-five, shutting it down. It's happened before, so I leave really early. So I can always, I can jump on the Tamiami trail if I need to. Yeah. Um, let me, uh, let's see tomorrow on the show. It's uh, Shelly Zavitz, mm. Shelly Zavitz with Hassan Realty Group in Portland, Oregon. Sean, she wrote a book. Yes. And I'm looking forward to it. 365 days. Uh, your first year as a realtor. Um, I, I really enjoyed the girl from the B. Uh, Michelle. Girl. Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. She's very funny and uh, Bossari, yeah. doing her thing. You know, she's my age. And just killing it with social and having fun and uh, Instagramming everywhere. She'll be on a panel with Sue Benson at Inman. Nice. So, mm. Good for them. And um, so, um, but, but you're going to love Shelly. She's amazing. She started off in, in 2015, 2014, and she documented her entire first year. And some of the trials and tribulations, some of the successes, some of the mistakes she made. Um, it's really well done. So um, and it took me six hours to read the book. I read it one Saturday. It was really nice. good. So yeah, throwing that out there. And uh, that's, that's, and then like I said, I'll be in Lee County and dodging thunderstorms as I'm yeah. becoming a very experienced out in Florida. Find a, uh, find a brewery down there, Bill, and have a beer. Oh, big blue. I'll go with Sean. I'll go back there to where Sean right. hung out. Love yeah. it. Love it. Guys, for me, I'm in, I'm in the uh, home of Walmart, uh, Bentonville, yes. Rogers, Fayetteville, um, Siloam Springs, Springdale, uh, Walmart, JB Hunt, 
Tyson Chicken, uh, Northwest North? Arkansas. Yeah, um, I'm speaking at the Coal Banker HMF, Harris McKinney and Fawcett, uh, doing three sessions, uh, one with the managers, three with the agents, one with the managers, one with their staff. Uh, so spending a couple days here in, in beautiful Northwest Arkansas, uh, flew into, into Tulsa today, and I'll fly out of Tulsa on um, on Thursday. So it should be a fun week, and then back home uh, to uh, to see the fam and, and get ready for a, a good finish to the year or to the month. So guys, good, good week of sports. Got a, a lot to look forward to. Uh, college football is heating up. We are 68 days away from kickoff. Uh, <laughs> so before you know it, we're going to start uh, seeing football magazines on the shelves, mm. uh, pro, pro, and then up, you know, obviously uh, lots of other things happening. So on behalf of Shay, Todd, and Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to The Stare Down. <laughs>